you don't engage a bully. You shut them down. You you bless them and you block them and you walk away. It's not your fight. But when it's inside of ourselves, it's really hard to like shut it up. But it's actually not. We can actually choose to stop the thoughts and move forward from them, even if it's just a new neutral thinking of my body is the least important part of me. I, I'm going to choose to celebrate parts of me that have nothing to do with how I look today and, and really going from there. The sun is coming up, are you ready to go? We can take a ride, we can take it slow, yo. It's your boy Paul Fishman, self-love coach and you-do-you activist, excited to welcome you on the road to self-love. Each week, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest in my car as we travel, literally and figuratively, on the road to self-love. We're going to have very candid conversation about life, self-love, business, and so much more, all with the goal of giving you the tools that you need to learn how to love yourself unconditionally. I hope you're ready, so let's get buckled up, because here we go. Oh, hey, self-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of The Road to Self-Love. It's your boy, Paul Fishman, self-love coach and you-do-you activist. So freaking honored that you decided to join us another week here on what is becoming one of mm, my favorite projects I've ever done. So if this is your first time joining us on The Road to Self-Love, welcome. So honored that you are here. The Road to Self-Love is a podcast and a show. So my guests join me weekly in the car and we drive around literally and figuratively on the road to self-love. And when I created this concept, yes, I know I'm not the first to record things in the car, but the why for me was that I love podcasts, I love audio, the hardest part for me when being on someone else's show was not being able to connect with them. So I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, how can I guarantee that I have to connect intimately with my guests? And I was in my car and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to record it in my car. So the fun thing about this is not only do we record the audio for these podcasts, but if you go over to youtube.com forward slash Paul Fishman, you can watch uh, what I like to call the Cliff's Notes version of the episode. I have an amazing team that supports me editing the show, and we bake down this episode that's between 40 and 60 minutes into a nice, easily digestible eight-minute clip on YouTube. So if you want to see us live in person and get some of the, the most powerful bits and pieces from the show, head on over to YouTube. But don't sleep on the podcast because you know how we do over here. And there's lots that you don't want to miss on this side of the, the show as well. So with that being said, I would love to chat with you today about today's guests, Sarah Nicole Landry, aka at the Bird's Papaya. Now, probably like most of you who are fans of her, either she was shared with you on someone's Follow Friday or a friend DM'd you saying, hey, you got to check out this woman. And that's exactly what happened to me. I can't remember who sent me the DM, but someone said, hey, you got to check out at the Bird's Papaya. I think you're really going to love her. And it, it really was love at first scroll. So Sarah has kind of 
built this community around her of body positive, empowered women and, well, men as well because I'm part of the community and you can't keep me out, ladies. And the thing about Sarah is that she, for so long, was unable to embrace her body and she was part of diet culture. She was a part of uh, yo-yo dieting, all of the things. Like, she did everything. She, she peaked at upwards of 200 pounds and, and lost 100 pounds. And then now she's found herself in the middle. And the beauty of her getting so vulnerable and open with her experience of weight loss and being a mother and showing her body is that it's so inspiring and it's so grounding and it's so just affirming that I'm not alone in my journey of loving my body unconditionally. And I know that you're going to feel the same way. So in this conversation, she goes into detail about what it's like to be a mother and have her job on social media, what it's like having a voice and how it's been just with the ever-growing community and really just like staying true to herself. So I'm really excited for you to experience this episode. And also, uh, I was on her show as well. So you can go check out her podcast. And she's a big Friends fan. And I love that all of her episodes are titled like Friends episodes. So, you know, you can expect to be like the one that XYZ. So go check out her show, The Papaya Podcast as well. And I'll make sure to link that in the, the notes as well. So uh, my last thing to share with you is that I am currently enrolling in my 12-week group program, The Self-Love Diet. Now, we are going to explore a little bit in this episode why the word diet is so hurtful to a community of men and women and just humans because the word diet just specifically means habitual nourishment. So on this journey of 12 weeks, I am teaching you how to habitually nourish the devotion to your individuality, which if you know me, you know that my definition of self-love is simply that, getting devoted to who you are as an individual. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, following me on Instagram, and you want to learn how to love yourself unconditionally with the support of other people, around you going through the same journey and make sure to head on over to Instagram and check out my the coaching highlight if you want to see some beautiful testimonials from some people who have gone through the program and experienced massive change in sometimes seven days or less. So if this feels like something you're interested in, make sure to head to paulf.love forward slash capital I am worth it and submit your application because there are just a few spots left for my October start date. And if you're listening to this and you, you're thinking, well, it's past October, do it anyway. Because the magic in just applying for the program, there's some magic in just saying I am worth it and I deserve it. So head to paulf.love forward slash capital I am worth it. And all of this will be linked in the show notes to get your self-love party started right here and now. So without further ado, let's get ready. Let's get buckled up because here we go. We can take a ride, we can take it slow, yo. 
Welcome back to The Road to Self-Love. It's your boy, Paul Fishman, self-love coach and you-do-you activist, here with Sarah Nicole Landry. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah, it is. Okay, perfect. Of The Bird's Papaya. Mm -hmm. Um, So honored that you're here. You came all the way from Canada just to be on the show. (laughs) So the most honored. Thanks. Um, So first things first, like, I believe that self-love is all about owning who you are and honoring yourself. So I'm going to let you honor you and and introduce yourself the way that you want to be introduced. Okay, amazing. So for me, I really thought, I bought into the whole, the glossy kind of look of what self-love was, which I thought was going to be what I realized later was identified as self-hate. So it was just like, if I do all of these things, this is loving my body to change it. It's loving my body in losing weight. It's loving my body by like obsessively working out and counting everything I eat. That's, that's self-love. I'm doing this because I love myself. But at the very end of the journey, a hundred pounds down, I realized that I wasn't happy. In fact, I was more insecure than I've ever been. And I had more anxiety, more body issues than ever. And I realized it was, wasn't all these like surface surface things that we talked about for self-love. It was actually so much deeper than that. And there was a lot of freedom in finding out who I was and how Mm. I choose to love myself and how I like to be loved. So, Mm. and it it ended up just exploding into this beautiful um, new chapter of life where I kind of got to I kind of got to be me and I kind of got to unbox that little girl who had been suppressed so long ago and told to be small and told to be quiet. And and I got to just blossom into everything I am now. And you are so many things. Yeah. Uh, So um, you're like, you're on Instagram and you're just like spreading that, like, love your body no matter what. You're at the Burt's Papaya. Yeah. And I'm sure that you have told so many people what that, what's the story behind the handle, but I'm going to make you tell uh, us again <laughs> because I don't know. It's such a boring answer, but no. back like early days, like when I was a stay at home mom, I only had two kids at the time. I have three now, but I only had two. And my one daughter had really bad earring allergies. So I decided to open an Etsy shop to like, make jewelry that was hypoallergenic and I was going to name it after my daughter. So I called it the bird's papaya. And, uh, cause my daughters are Gemma birdie and Maya papaya is their nickname. So I just named it after them. And it was one of those things that as it went down and, you know, Instagram first started, all of my blogging friends were on there. They were the first people that I kind of followed and they didn't know me as anything else, but the bird's papaya. So it just was something that I, I never really shook. And I thought I was going to try, but I'm really glad I didn't. I'm really glad that it stuck with it. Cause now papayas are like really cool. And they also somewhat look like vaginas, which yeah. is like all vagina power, like here for it. Um, it was just, yeah. So that's, that's the whole boring answer to it. Amazing. Well, that's, I thought it was going to be something about a vagina. So I'm really happy. I mean, everyone always asks me like, do you realize that like your logo on your podcast, like looks like a vagina? And I was like, yeah, but like, I'm, that's just what papayas look like. I'm like, what are you going to do? I mean, it's like an ovary. It's (laughs) like, it's like. That's what fruit is. is. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The most fine. The fact that avocados are actually like called testicles of the tree or something like that's what it actually translates to. So I can have a papaya. You can. And and I think that's what like self-love is. Tree testicles. So there are like a couple of things that just made me massively obsessed with you. Okay. Um, Just the fact that like, well, recently you did a post about like your child's just like 
sexuality and just like Mm -hmm. not defining it and that just like made me fall like head over heels in love with Mm -hmm. you and we're on our way to Las Vegas to get married right now side note that's gonna be a long show um don't tell your husband don't tell my (laughs) husband uh and I just like would love for you to talk about that a little bit that part of that journey because you received like you had like a whole thing that went down. It was. So it was funny because I was somebody who grew up in a very conservative um, community of people. And like, even though my parents were very accepting of all things, I kind of at some point bought into this narrative that, you know, you could hate the sin and love the sinner. And there was something in me that just like felt that wasn't right. Like Mm. it just didn't really make sense. It didn't, it didn't make sense that this God that I felt like I loved would would have any like bone of hate to him and have that he made a mistake. Like it just made me feel like that wasn't what it was. And so I started to kind of unlearn a lot of those teachings. And I think even having kids really taught me that I, I looked at them and, and so many different things that they do and feel. And I thought, you know what, my understanding of all of this is so secondary to how I will support you in life. But I, I just ended up being like such an ad. I just love is love. Like love is so love. And I'm just not going to adhere to anything that creates a shame dialogue or a hate dialogue. And I just recognize that like my kids are coming into this age now where we're going to, they're going to start to like identify themselves one way or other, or perhaps not at all. And my love is so steadfast for them. And I thought if I'm going to believe in a God and I'm going to believe in a narrative, it's going to be that they're like, that that is what it is. Like we are going to be loved no matter what and that we deserve to be loved and we all have a place here. And I just, yeah, so I I made this post and I kind of admitted the fact that I didn't always feel supporting of it and that I had kind of adhered to some of these, like what I don't think was was intentional hate, but was hate. And people were two things. They either sent me a lot of Bible verses to tell me that I was wrong Or they sent me things saying like, I can't believe you ever weren't an ally. But I think the reason that I, and it was hard for me to say that I wasn't an ally at one point because that, that uh, there was a lot of shame for me in that, yeah. just the fact that I had come through that. But I wanted to remind everybody that, you know, when we have conversations, meaningful ones, and when we change our hearts and change our minds on things. I mean, I was also the girl that didn't believe in divorce and I'm, I'm divorced now and remarried. I didn't believe in a lot of things and I, I really got the opportunity to change and I wanted to show people that, you know what, we can change and there might be somebody in your life that is completely ignorant to stuff. We're still dealing with like hate in our lives and we don't know what their narrative has been growing up. But it's so important to show and like remind everybody that we can change and that we can create new narratives and we can unlearn the hate that we've been taught and we can be so much better for it. And the world can be so much better for it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, talk about like the the whole like, where did that shame conditioning come from? Like Grant, I'm sure it came from like childhood and all that kind of stuff. But like, where do you think the, what was it just specifically from like, God and church that you were not an ally, that you were living in that shame mentality? Yeah, it was. And it, and it, I didn't really even realize it. Like I didn't honestly even touch the subject, but I realized that it was definitely, I was still participating in things that weren't like I went to a like places that had like conversion therapy and stuff. And I didn't, I just wasn't paying attention. You know, when you have privilege and things, I had a lot of like sexuality privilege. I'm a straight woman. I was married. It wasn't my problem. So I just stopped kind of seeing it. But, um, I had a friend who actually was a pastor and came out as gay and 
to watch the unfolding of what happened to his life when his parents basically turned their back on him, when he lost his friends, he lost his job and had to like restart his life. And all anybody did was like, it was like this car crash. Everyone was kind of looking at it and like seeing so much faults and seeing so much stuff. And, and I just looked at him like he lost everything in that moment. The rest of us in the world, we get to go through breakups and we get to go through like announcing we're in a relationship with someone and our life just goes on. And his life was devastated by it. So he's been really good for me because he was also somebody who, even though he was homosexual, he didn't have that. He had that same narrative as I did and growing up in this community where it was wrong to have that. So I have still a lot of friends who are part of that same narrative. And I just love having like these conversations where like there's another side of it. Like there's a side where you can be so loving and just at the end, honestly, like as much as I definitely believe that like God's on all our sides here with this, I just don't ever want to get to the end of my life and stand in front of anybody or anything and say that I chose hate or I chose anything but love. I want to, if I'm wrong, I'd rather be wrong in love than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe I am wrong, so it's all fine. (laughs) I I mean, amen. That's how we get up in the morning and continue our lives is believing that we are doing exactly what we're meant to be doing. And exactly. And it's so cool seeing kids grow up now. Like my kids are so, my daughter had a friend who is uh, transgender and went through like this, went through this whole season of, you know, transitioning from male to female at a younger age. Um, not obviously with full surgeries and stuff, but just like in, in a, a social sense, I guess. But um, it was it was interesting because I went into protective mode for this kid that I didn't even know. And I sat my kids down and I'm like, you're going to be front lines of making sure she's supported every single part of this way. You're going to make sure that you are like, if you see her alone, that you're going up and being friends with her. I want, I don't want to hear any bullying. Con- like if you hear anything, I want you to I want you to be a part of the change and make sure that this child is okay. And they all kind of looked at me and they were like half rolling their eyes and half like annoyed at me. And I was like, what do you have to say? Do you have any questions? And they were like, mom, we just don't care. Like nobody cares. And I was like, what do you mean nobody cares? They're like, well, it it's the same person. They're like, we don't care. Like if now it's a girl, like sometimes we make a mistake and still call her by her old name, but they're like, honestly, no, none of us care. And my daughter's like a bunch of us got our clothes together and we gave it to her. So she would have like a wardrobe for starting school. And I was like, what? Like that wasn't even anything that we talked about in my, in my years growing up. We didn't, nobody came out as gay until they were far out of high school. It doesn't, it wasn't transgender. wasn't even something that we discussed. Like it just was so blanketed by, um, just like, let's just not talk about it. Let's just put it in this little box and seeing kids grow up in a time now where they have the opportunity to be so open hearted with this is it's really incredible to see yeah it really is and something that you said a little bit earlier is like standing up and just like you never when at the end of your life you don't want to ever be at this place where you stood and you had hatred ever so i want to kind of like travel into the uh, a lot of what i see from you is just like Mm -hmm. sharing your real body yeah and, and living your your truth when it comes to owning every piece of um, loose skin every yep. stretch mark as like this like part of you and mm-hmm. and what was that journey to getting that because I know that so many of my listeners and so many people who are working on self-love have a very hard time looking at themselves and standing up and looking yeah. into love so like what was that journey for you like 
I, I didn't recognize it at the time, but at, over the years and, and learning a little bit more, I've understood now that you can't just like, it's not just like you suddenly love yourself one day. Mm-hmm. You're usually sitting in some sort of a self-hate mode and you don't realize how much you're reinforcing it by what you're surrounding yourself with, some of the normal dialogues you have, the people you follow on social media, the messages that you're choosing to receive. And when I started switching that, I had to kind of stop following a lot of accounts that they honestly, and I want to just be clear about this, they weren't really doing anything quote unquote wrong. It's just that it wasn't the message that I needed to be seeing because it was creating some sort of a dialogue within me that I wasn't able to hear anymore. Mm. So the first step, which a lot of people don't even realize is not just like suddenly loving yourself. It's just starting to neutralize your thoughts around your body and just starting to neutralize this like idea of our body being so, so important. I love the saying where people say my body is um, an instrument, not an ornament and starting looking at it like that. Like I'm going to exercise because my body's an instrument that I choose to like walk today or my body's an instrument that I know feels better when I'm eating a good amount of vegetables that you stop doing things like defining it by a scale or how many calories you've eaten in a day. You just start neutralizing a lot of those thoughts. And then suddenly, and like almost quietly, it's like when hiccups disappear, you're going in front of the mirror one day and you just realize, I don't remember the last time I had one of those bad thoughts. I don't remember the last day that I had one of those. And that's not to say that I never have them ever again, but they went from being five times a day down to three times a day, down to one time a day, down to once a week, just slowly, slowly exiting while this new narrative kind of comes into play. And every single moment of our lives, we're having thoughts about ourselves, either positive affirmation or negative affirmation. And when you start choosing the positive side of things, you can start to speak into yourself and shut down the, the negative narratives as fast as possible. It's like if you have a mental bully going on in the in the middle of your head and in your brain, it's so important to kind of just like walk away from it. This is what we teach kids. Like you don't engage a bully. You shut them down. You, you bless them and you block them and you walk away. It's not your fight, but when it's inside of ourselves, it's really hard to like shut it up, but it's actually not. We can actually choose to stop the thoughts and move forward from them. Even Mm -hmm. if it's just a new neutral thinking of my body is the least important part of me. I, I'm going to choose to celebrate parts of me that have nothing to do with how I look today and, and really going from there. Wow. My body's the least important part of me. That was really powerful. I love saying that because it's reminded me of that. And every single moment, you know, I missed out on a lot of memories because I was really caught up at what my body looked like. Whether I was, whether I was thick or thin, I was constantly distracted by my body and and distracted by like, what do my legs look like right now? That I, I literally don't remember parts of my kid's childhood. I don't remember days at the beach with them like I should. I didn't get in the water with them. I didn't participate. I didn't go to things with my friends. I didn't go shopping with friends. I didn't do all of these things because all I could think about was how my body was, Mm. how my body was going to go to those things that I missed out on so many memories. So part of me comes from a place of mourning to speak to other people and say like, don't miss out on life. Even if you're not where you want to be right now and you kind of yearn for something different, it, that, that might be part of your narrative, but it doesn't mean that you can't still show up and participate in life. We are so worthy of making memories and we don't need to be distracted by things that just don't matter. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is so powerful. And I'm so grateful for you because so many people need to hear this message. And I'm so excited to continue sharing your message and speaking about this more. So, so I think now is a perfect time to push pause on the conversation for okay. our first road trip game of the day. 
Okay, 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 okay. Hold on one second. I had to pull over the self-love police. They were like, woo, woo, woo. Gotta learn how to love yourself a little bit more here, boyfriend. And yes, the police called me boyfriend. <laughs> now, here's the thing. If you are hearing anything in this episode and you're like, wow, I want to dig a little bit deeper into learning how to love myself and I just have no idea where to start, if that's a question that's come up for you, what I would love for you to do is head on over to my website and take my free self-love quiz. Now in this quiz, it is five questions, it's super easy, less than a minute to answer them, and it's going to give you the exact tool that is going to support you learning how to love yourself. So you don't have to do it alone anymore. You don't have to keep on guessing. This is going to tell you exactly what to do and I'm going to give you the resources to do it. So if you're ready to step into learning how to love yourself unconditionally, join me at paulfishman.love forward slash quiz. Take the quiz and find out the tool that is going to support you learning how to love yourself. And with that being said, the police said, all right, we'll give you a pass this time, but you better start learning soon. <laughs> Let's get back on the road. So I've been thinking a lot and I would love, so when I was telling myself a story about like what your, your, your screen name or handle meant, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to, we're going to take celebrities and we're going to give them a, a screen name like yours. So like okay. an animal and a and fruit, a fruit. Or a vegetable. Okay, and then I, I want to know why. I'm into it. I want to know why. Okay. So um, I think let's just start with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, I feel like, is a gazelle pineapple. I really just went for blonde there. Because <laughs> he's blonde? Because the gazelle's pineapple? Yeah. I yeah. think that he'd gazelle's be... Gazelle's pineapple. Brad, you need to change it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I want you to give me one. Okay, Beyonce. Okay, Beyonce is definitely, like... Um, it's the, hard to not say lioness because I just watched Lion King. I know. I just wanted to be like the cat's meow, but that's ooh, the ooh, meow, isn't ooh. it? So it's like, how about the, um, let's see, the the cat's banana. The cat's banana? <laughs> I don't know. That's a Gwen Stefani name. <laughs> okay, this is true. This is true. <laughs> see, you know, but like, it, it just came to me. So, um, Katy Perry. The, oh, so she she would be a cat though. That's the cat's yeah. cherry. Oh, the cat's cherry. Okay, all right. You're you're totally winning this game. There are no winners <laughs> or losers, but you are winning. <laughs> Ooh, there's a thrift store. Do you want to go? It's just my problem. I'm like, <laughs> don't even have room in my luggage. I cannot. <laughs> Do I get another celebrity? Oh I yeah, I should give you another celebrity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Oh, so I had such a crush on him. Did you? Um, I think everyone did. Yeah. He hasn't aged. He hasn't aged. It's so, it's like a it's so rude. It's so rude. Yeah. Paul Rudd. Um, the, let's see. The donkey's zucchini. Because, you know, he's kind of like, he just like has made his, his life out of kind of being like this funny little ass and that's like zucchini so is just kind of like it's kind of like a vegetable that's always there <laughs> well yeah I keep on choosing these phallic things but but it's really just like for me a zucchini is like always there like you always throw it into the mix it always it, it kind always, of yeah it, it does adds, work it can be literally in a loaf of banana bread mm -hmm. or it can be on a roasted yeah. vegetable tray that so, is like really deep there what you, you know just what? did Listen. that was that was... Listen, now, mm, am I winning now? Yeah, yeah a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you one. one more opportunity to take this game back. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's do... Hmm. 
Mm, oh, what? Um, oh, there are so many celebrities, but so many that are under my mind I know. right now. It's hard. Uh, it's really, really hard. How about um, Anne Hathaway? Ooh, Anne Hathaway. I feel like she is uh, a deer. Okay. What's her fruit? A deer peach. Huh. I don't know why. It just seems like she's very simple and sweet. And I feel like peach. that's both. Yeah. Great. Well, I'm going to make sure to DM all of them and let them know that they <laughs> need to their change new their handle. names. Uh, thank you so much for indulging me. That was mm -hmm, so much fun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So you are literally like you, one of the, I watch all your stories just because like you light me up and <laughs> there are many people who do that for me because Thanks. I try and do that for myself. But you know, what would you say like that moment for you when you really just leaned into social media? Like, what would you say there was that, like, why do you do it every single day? Yeah. You know what? Sometimes I feel like I'm just showing up for myself like five years ago, 10 years ago. Mm. I feel like I, it's such a journal of my own life and in a way that has channeled me into being a creative with my writing, with my thoughts. You know, we, we walk around every single day and we've gotten so numbed out to so much stuff and we've suppressed so many beautiful parts of our lives. And I think tapping into like this awareness of life around us and our thoughts and feelings around every single moment, things that we like, things that we don't like has, has been channeled into what I write and how I show up. And I just, a lot of it was part of my own self-healing, to be honest with you, it, uh, to be a little bit selfish about it. I would post things because it was almost like I was holding on to all of these secrets. I was holding mm. on to all of this shame. You know, I have these stretch marks up to my rib cages and, and loose skin. And it was all of these things that I felt like I was holding really, really close to my chest. And finally, when I just released them, even in this like platform of a way, I released them and it was like the secret was set free. You know, you, there's that saying that says, you know, once a, once a secret is told, it loses its power. And that's exactly what it did for me because it, it stopped being a thing. It stopped being the secret that I was holding on to, that there were these parts of me. But what was the surprise ending of that or the, the next part was how many people were saying, me too. Like, that's my body. I've never seen it before. This is the first time I've had... Like I feel, I felt connected and I felt so alone in this. I felt this and I thought, wait a second, what? I thought it was just me. Mm -hmm. So suddenly it was like this birth of community out of, you know what? We've all got stuff. We've all got things and they've been holding us down and holding us back. And what if we just shared them? What if we just put them out there? Or we don't have to, but like if we choose to, what it can actually free us from. So it's been, it's been honestly fun for me. I, I used to look at photos of myself and think about all the ways that I could be a little bit more perfect. I really wanted to be that idealistic mm. Instagram girl. And now I'm just like, oh, it's been so fun to just be me. It's been so fun to look at a photo and not think about how I can, um, how I can change my body and how I can adhere to anything else. I've, I've just kind of really leaned into my uniqueness. Yeah. That's so good. You are not alone. And I hear what you. I don't actually know. I don't, actually, I don't know any of the words yeah. either. Otherwise, I would have carpool karaoke. Okay, great. Well, that's good to know because maybe we can sing a little bit later. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about like what's the what's what's the one thing that I I just really would love to know like what's the one thing that people have the hardest time with you 
like when uh, on social, like what is the, the, all of the feedback that you get that people are just like, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Like the continue thing. Cause I always love to dig a little bit deeper. Like where the trolls are. Yeah. Like what are they commenting where, on? Where the trolls at? Yeah. Where the trolls at? Yeah. <laughs> that. Um, yeah, it's funny. It kind of shifts every once in a while. It can be a bunch of different things. Um, mostly it comes down to just like body shaming. Mm. I don't get a ton of it, to be honest. I've yeah. gotten really good at just like weeding them out or just really kind of, to be honest, I don't mind the troll comments anymore mm. because they light a fire inside of me. You know, when, you, when you've talked to people and you've shared your message and you're doing these things and everyone's just like, you kind of get used to it, right? Everyone, you think that everyone's just gotten used to it. But what you realize is they've only gotten used to what's been in our own little bubble. Like my, my audience is used to me. So when somebody outside of that kind of steps in and they're going like, wait a second, I don't like that. And I don't feel like you should like stop promoting things that aren't healthy, like mm. just being in your body. I don't know why that's a thing, but, um, they kind of like say these things and it just lights a fire in me a little bit because yeah. it reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it gets me angry in like a really good way that like makes me passionate about what I'm doing again. Mm -hmm. And it gives me the opportunity to kind of dismiss that from being something that I'm going to let impact me. So most of it is kind of like those types of comments. I'm going to be honest, 99% of them are from men. Um, and the other ones that I often will get that I'm not even angry about and I don't want to consider them trolls anymore, but challenging on social issues. Like, have you ever thought about this? And like, mm. I see that you're at a retreat. Where are the women of color there? I'm like, thanks for asking those questions. Like, those are the things that are going to make me a better person because those are the things that are changing the way I'm looking at circumstances and situations that I'm walking into as well. So most of, I, I really don't get a ton of it. Every once in a while, I have people that are just like doing anything and everything they can to hit at me they'll start picking apart my kids or my mothering mm. or the fact that I've chosen life on social media and and some of these things that I'm just like eh that's that's their narrative it's not mine yeah. I'm just not gonna let it I'm just gonna let it be a thing that's interesting I find that all of my trolls kind of like are holding a mirror up to me and being like you need to get that out of your head Paul but you're you're a better human than me what? Oh gosh, jeez. I don't even know. Like I, I just, I'm so baffled when somebody is putting love out into the world and somebody was like, mm -mm, no thanks. Like I just, no, I can't. That's not, you're wrong. It's like, what, how can you be wrong with like a loving message? And how can you be wrong with like just choosing something more positive? Right. I think right. just not everybody's ready for it. Not everybody's there. And, and it kind of, it kind of saddens me a little, but it reminds me that a lot of people are still like, there's a lot of people in society that are still trying to suppress people back into boxes. We've all kind of opened, we've all kind of gotten our box cutters out and we've, we've released ourselves out of mm -hmm. them and we're all in the room now. And then there's people who are panicking because they've been profiting off us being in those boxes. They've been the ones who have been sitting at the top and the only ones in the room because there have been people in boxes. So when we all kind of come out of them, there's going to be people that feel threatened by that for yeah. sure. And going to be like, I would just prefer if you went back in the box so I can keep living in my privilege mm -hmm. and I can keep living in my profit. So sometimes when I, that's like the visual that I give myself when somebody makes a mean comment about my body or tells me that I'm not attractive or tells me that I'm, you know, promoting something unhealthy. And it just reminds me like, they're just, they're just trying to put me back into a box and I don't live there anymore. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that. And I think that people want to put other people in boxes so that they can better define how, who they are. Because mm -hmm. if they've been living in the self-hatred and then they see you, this woman who they kind of 
push themselves into like, oh, I have the same stretch marks. I have the same this and that. But you're loving yourself, but they're hating themselves. So like, wait, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. This doesn't make me feel good anymore. Yeah. I, I don't get it. So, I mean, good on you for getting that box cutter out. <sighs> so when, like, what, what's next for you? You know, you've started doing like keynote speaking. I you, have. Like, how how cool is that? It's so cool. I honestly just volunteered at a couple. I was asked to do them and I thought, you know what? All of these years of me just being all my report cards as a kid saying I talk too much. I'm like, it is paying off like all of those years. So my, even my grandmother was like, somebody's going to pay you to like, like speak. And I was like, yeah, isn't that like irony? Like I, all of this time, but anyways, yeah. So, um, I'm doing a lot of like speaking now. It's so fun because it gets me I, get, I live on Instagram a lot of the time, but it gets you like in front of people and gets back to like the real reason I do what I do, which is like human connection. And it, it just reminds me of like the power of everything that we're doing. And, and I love just going and sharing my heart and, and kind of getting to know new people and hear their stories too. They're always so, so lovely. So yes, I'm doing a lot more of that, which brings me traveling all over the place. And, uh, which is great because I'm also podcasting and I have my podcast, the Papaya podcast, where mm -hmm. I get to just talk to people about all different things. And that's fairly new as well, but been really, really fun. And other than that, I'm just like continuing my life with just honestly, I don't know what I'm going to be thinking and feeling in six months from now. And that's okay. I will always like my, my story will always be the narrative of what's going on like right now. Like it's a, such a journal of mm. what's going on right now. You know, I talk about everything from parenting to divorce and remarriage and relationships to like my favorite lip gloss. Like it's just it, whatever it is that I'm feeling. And that kind of keeps me like in my best genuine self, I feel. So yeah, who knows what I'll be talking about in six months from now. Maybe I'll be so bar bored about talking about my stretch marks by then that I'll be like, I'll talk about anything. You never know. <laughs> you never know. And never I think know. that that's cool that you have like this ability to be open with uh, what is happening in your yeah. life. Open and, and trust that you are leaning into what is meant to be. Uh, so what's the best mistake you've ever made? The best mistake. Okay, this is like so catch 22, but I'm going to say having kids with my ex because it was like kind of a, like, I feel like the whole thing was a bit of a mess, but I got like the three best gifts out of it. Mm. So it was like, I don't know. There was like a lot of hardship there and like going through divorce really, really sucks, but I got the three best things out of that. So yeah, I'm maybe that was it. I don't know what other like good mistakes that I've made, but I don't know. That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good I don't one. Know. Well, it's time for our next road trip game. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I play this game with every single guest. We are going to play Fuck Mary Kill, but we're not having a PR nightmare here. So we're not doing it with people. Okay. We're doing it with objects or like concepts. So fuck okay. Mary Kill, stretch marks, your hips, and loose skin. Stretch marks. Okay, so oh wait, wait, no. Right stretch there. marks, your skin, uh, uh, stretch marks, your hips, and cellulite. Such so a okay. Um, okay, fuck. I'm gonna say my stretch marks. Okay. I don't know why. I just like love them now. Mm. Um, marry my hips, and I guess kill cellulite because honestly, it's on the back of me, so I never get to see it anyways. <laughs> love that so much and um what does self-love mean to you oh that's such a good one um I'm gonna say that like self-love for me is just like actually leaning into whatever it is that's making me happy even if it's like 
really silly or really superficial, just like whatever it is, making sure that I'm doing like your whole, you do you, Mm -hmm. I'm doing me and that I'm really paying attention to who that is and knowing that that might change a million times in my life, but just constantly loving on her and, uh, who knows, who knows how many times that'll change. You know, I used to be obsessed with knitting. I haven't knit for like 12 years now. And I used to knit like six hours a day. So that was self-love for me then. It's all about just like channeling whatever it is next and Mm. really paying attention to the times that you don't feel that love for yourself and seeing if there's been a trigger for that in your life and making sure that you're like trimming that out. If there's any diet you're going to go on, you're going to diet that kind of stuff out of your life. Detox, diet, that's the only time I apply it is when I'm talking about like my social media Mm. feed or the narratives that I allow to be part of my life anymore. So yeah, that's what it is for me. Mm, I love that answer. And I love that concept. I'm trying to, to get the the word diet to be move out of that whole societal normal oh, type restriction yeah. like for me diet just means habitual nourishment yeah it's like what you're eating and it's so hard because people are like what's your diet and you're like do you mean like what's my restriction or what am I eating like it's 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 gotten so confusing they so almost confusing. need to and people get really confused about health versus diet culture and like what that means and I'm like I don't know it's like it's so easy once you see it but yeah you're right diet's a little tricky tricky word yeah and everyone like the whole thing for me is self-love is devotion to your individuality so Mm. for someone to be like what are you eating Sarah like how can I eat like you to look like you and feel like you you're just like well I mean this is what I'm eating I'm eating Cheetos and all this kind of stuff and like I mean I don't know if you Cheetos but like no I'm like super allergic to a lot of things that's why I never share about my diet because I'm like I'm allergic to a lot of stuff so that would be really unfair to like give my allergies to everybody because they think they want to look like me. I'm like, wow. I don't know. It's just about whether or not I'm going to have diarrhea <laughs> or constipation. Like, that's oh my, my real life. Same. I have so uh, many food intolerances yeah, and I'm sucks. working on healing all of that. So me I'm, too. I'm really, it's really People exciting. could just accidentally like stop accidentally poisoning me. It'd be great. It'd be really, really, <laughs> we would be really appreciative yeah. of that. So, well, are there any last thoughts that you have? I, I love to like um, have you just share what, if anything, you're feeling called to share with the audience. I think for me, I'm going to say that the biggest thing is just going back to that choice to show up. It can be so hard to put our bodies on the back burner of our thinking, but truly that's where it deserves to be. Um, mm. The most, and, and, and really pay attention to that. When you look at your mom or your friends or the people, the person that you love, their body is not the thing that you love about them. It, it never has been. Um, I don't, my childhood is not filled with memories of how my mom's thighs jiggled or, you know, how much cellulite she had that day. The vision of my best friend is not one in what size pants she wore. My relationship with my husband, the thing I'm most attracted to with him is his, his ability to speak to others and to connect with the quiet person in the room. It is not, it is like my attractiveness to people and to things are, it is, their body is like far down the line of like what that is. And I think when we've drawn like attractiveness as like this word we put our bodies at the forefront of that I would just want to be attractive but really pay attention to what you're attracted to and you'll start to notice that it's not bodies all the time it's that's like a really that's a really low-key part of attractiveness and so don't miss out on on being you and showing up and, and making memories that are going to be the things that you care about at the end of your life. You're not going to care about, you know, how much cellulite you developed on the back of your thighs when you were 14 and had it, you know, 
ruin things for you. So just don't let that, don't let that be your thing. Let be attractive for so many, so many bigger reasons than what shape your body is. Cause I'm telling you right now, it's going to change a million times. Mine's changed like a million. I've been like 20 different sizes in the last seven years of my life. And it has only been in understanding that my body is like less important than who I am and who I show up as Mm. that has caused me to be like, whatever size fits my body is what I'm going to wear. Yeah. So I love that. And it's, it's so like apparent in your energy, like that you could give like two fucks about like your body. Like yeah. in the sense of, because like I, whenever and I gave all the fucks like a few yeah. years ago, but it's like, what it's just a testament to you because whenever I look at your photos and you're just like showing like your stretch marks, I'm just like, I don't even see that. Like when mm-hmm. I look at you, I don't even see mm-hmm. that. So I'm just like, wait, are you sure that's your body? Because yeah. it's, so that's like real, that, that just is a huge testament to like how you've conditioned yourself and how you feel about yourself ultimately reflects out to how others see you. So kudos to you. Thanks. You know what? It's a beautiful perspective that I was gifted by being 225 pounds and a size 20 down to like 114 pounds and a size zero and recognizing that neither of those that I feel like I loved my body in. So I have the beautiful perspective of seeing both sides of it and understanding now that like that, as hard as that was, that was such a gift to me to understand and to know that like me being smaller doesn't mean me being happy. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, what a, what a sound bite. Yeah. Like so many <laughs> gems today. Thank you so much for joining me on Thank the road you. to self-love. Where can everyone find you? Find me at the birds papaya on Instagram. That's like my wheelhouse. That's my jam. Yes. Um, watch my stories. I'm, I like will either make you laugh or cry like with everything. So Or buy a jumpsuit. Or oh, I do that to people. <laughs> Um, yeah. So follow me there. Um, that's going to be where you'll find everything else from the podcast to the blog or anything in between. So yeah, come be my friend because I love, I love meeting new people. I love connecting and hearing other people's stories and how I can kind of channel your story into part of my new thinking. Yes. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's been such a pleasure to connect with you and make sure to go follow her. Please like and subscribe to the show if you enjoy it. A review is always greatly appreciated. And we will see you next time on the road to self-love. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the road to self-love. It means so much to me that you show up every week to experience these transformative conversations and truly learn how to love yourself from all different points and aspects of life. Now, with that being said, I would be honored if you would be willing to rate and review the show. Better yet, if you subscribe and even share this podcast with one person, it will supply a massive domino effect of these messages reaching so many people who desperately need to hear these words. So if you feel like joining the self-love fam, do that right here and now. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. And most importantly, remember that you are worth it, you deserve it, and you are not alone. We'll see you next time on the road to self-love.